Good evening. Welcome to episode 90 of Critical Silence League Hour. A great disappointment to those of you who probably tuned in to hear Wolf Blitzer live. But, hey, we have, uh, we have enough controversy in our lives. Don't we? Uh, so anyway, tonight, uh, episode 90, we're going to talk more about that magnificent power and that uncanny power available to all of us who ask for it. Um, why don't you come back in just a minute or so with a frosty beverage, a warm beverage, a lukewarm beverage, your choice. And uh, the good reverend will be talking to you in just a moment. Come on back. And we're back, although, you know, we really never went anywhere. Um, this virtual universe we call Blog Talk Radio, I just kind of sit here and sip my drink while the music plays out. And you sit there and do whatever it is you do. Uh, you're doing housework. Perhaps you're just sitting there with headphones on. Maybe you're playing Tetris or whatever, the, the Angry Birds or whatever the video game. Maybe you're doing a crossword puzzle, which is my passion. I love crossword puzzles. I, I do them all the time. And I do those weird ones, New York Times the Sunday puzzle takes about two hours to do. <laughs> I do them in usually three different sessions. And um, they've become uh, unfair. They used to tell you a clue was two or three words. Now they don't. They'll just say you know, something like a, a response to an angry driver. And it might be, hey, buddy, go on. You know, four words or something. But they don't tell you that anymore. You have to figure it out. And, of course, uh, the New York Times Sunday puzzle can be trilingual. It might be French, Italian, Spanish clues, and it's it's very. I used to work them in college instead of paying attention in class. I'd come in with coffee and the newspaper, and sit there and work crossword puzzles instead of listening to the teacher. But I'm one of those people who do that. When I was in elementary school, I used to draw in my notebook, and the teacher thought I wasn't paying attention. She would say, "Johnny." So what's the answer to this? And I'd look up and I would say hemoglobin and look back down. And some of my teachers um, didn't mind that. Uh, some of them took that personally that I wasn't paying rapt attention to their every word. Uh, I'm one of those two-track people. I have to do something with part of my mind while the other part of my mind is vigilant. And maybe you are too. Many of us are that way in the spiritual community. Uh, we turn off part of our mind so that the other part can be alert, and we're going to talk about some of that today as we explore this uncanny power that we call the law. Uh, but first, of course, um, you realize this is the Crystal Silence League, and uh, this was founded around 1917, for those of you who don't know, by an extraordinary adept of the power named Claude Alexander Conlon, who was an advocate of new thought, which was new around that time. It was a uh, a synthetic philosophy uh, derived from um, many branches, many people who had practiced um, the idea that thought manifests in reality, borrowing from uh, Christianity, Hinduism, Buddhism, transcendentalism, um, the the German uh, philosophers, many, many people uh, who had realized that uh, thought contains weight and power, and that as you think, so shall your life manifest. And uh, Mr. Conlon and his associates, William Walker Atkinson, and many others uh, advocated this new thought approach to life, although it's a very, very ancient, very, very ancient idea that thought carries weight and power and can manifest in reality. In fact, does what we think does manifest in our reality. Uh, Mr. Conlon started the Crystal Silence League around, we think, around 1917 or so. Uh, the idea was to uh, project thought and positive prayer to all who needed it through the agency of crystal balls. And he provided the crystal balls and lessons in how to use them to all of his, uh, uh, all of his uh, followers. And when he passed into the silence around 1954, he took 
the league with him until Adams of Missionary Independent Spiritual Church revived it, and it's been very active since in cybernetic form. And you can find us at www.crystalsilenceleague.org. And if you go there and you peruse our website, we have a newsletter which I edit, and we're woefully behind. I'm sorry about that. I've been moving um, for the past couple of months, and uh, I mean, really, the past couple of months, we moved the house. Uh, we had to move into the house. We had to negotiate the old house for rental. Then we had to move the chapel, which I just moved my chapel uh, just a few days ago. And I have a little video of that, by the way, on uh, divineharmonyspiritualchurch.com and my own website, johnsg.com. There's a little video of the church being picked up, physically picked up, put on a church, put on the back of a truck, moved across town, and deposited it upon its new home. Um, in the vacant lot next door to my house. Now, people say, uh, are you, so are you into this seriously? Uh, John St. Germain, are you seriously into this church? Dudes, I bought a lot to put my little church on. And uh, our friend uh, Troll Towelhead, who I'm glad to see in chat, says uh, he loves the music with it. That's my son, Jonathan, by the way, who made that. Uh, he and my brother own a uh, video production company. And uh, right now they're working with a local documentary crew to make a documentary about that church, by the way, and uh, <coughs> which has a very interesting history going back to the 20s, uh, founded by uh, Reverend Adele Clemens, about whom you can also read on my website, etc. We're going all over the place today, aren't we? So the Crystal Silence League, um, you can go to our website. You'll find that the people post many prayers. We have uh, well over 100 a week, maybe more, maybe more. Uh, Every week, and it's my custom to read some of those aloud, which we will do, and I invite you to read along with us. And, but first, let's uh, discuss our crystal of the week, which is the fire opal, and we always have a crystal of the week. And if you look at the picture of the fire opal or uh, look at it on the net, it's a spectacular little um, jewel. All opals are beautiful, iridescent and translucent. You can see through them, and they have an inner depth, and if you... Uh, gaze into them for scrying, or you meditate upon them, they draw you in. But the fire opal um, has uh, reds, orange, and yellows, um, and they don't, they're not that transparent. They, uh, they tend to be more uh, uh, opaque uh, than most of them, but they have these flashes of fire in them. And um, some, some of them are uh, more precious than others when you go buy them, but they're, they're well worth a good investment because these are uh, very elemental stones when it comes to channeling energy, and they're said to activate your chi, your fire energy, and help give rise to the kundalini energy. So this is very much the stone of the creative force that we've been talking about, the law force, the god law, the creative force that we've been talking about, and they're... Uh, uh, they, they promote the expression of this uh, manifestation energy that we've, we've been talking about. Um, and they do a lot of other things uh, since they, um, they basically uh, resonate to the lower triad and chakras, the lower triad. Uh, they, uh, they, help, uh, they help you uh, with grounding. They help you with manifestation, with connecting. Um, they're protective stones against danger because of the fire. Um, and they help you from um, um, uh, recover from injustice, mistreatment from others. And uh, but mostly, what I'm interested in, because of the topic we're discussing, is this manifestation and focusing and magnification and transformation of the of the energy of creativity, the creation energy. And I'm not talking about creating art, writing, etc. Um, although that certainly is part of this, but but grasping the very essence of creation itself and manifesting it. And this is very, very uh, uh, useful to have tools to do this, and crystals are wonderful tools uh, to use for this sort of uh, concentration. So the fire opal, uh, uh, these are usually from Mexico, a uh, source of many magical uh, crystals, in fact, and uh, they're obtainable uh, you can get them from all, from fairly inexpensive to fairly expensive, depending on how you want to do it. Now, if you're making an, an elixir of them, um, drop it in water, set them in the sun, let them 
marinate for a while in the sun and take them out. They don't dissolve in water. Some do, you know, selenite, selenite will dissolve in water. Uh, you know, you, you come back and you've got like a pile of grit in your uh, water. So you don't use the, the direct method, use indirect, but um, the opal you can put in the water, add a few drops of brandy and you have a nice elixir. And, um, and this you can, uh, you can rub on your belly basically and, uh, and below your navel for uh, manifestation of the kundalini energy. And you can also uh, do a uh, sprinkle it around the house, uh, use it for uh, magical uh, elixirs, etc. And uh, about the use of elixirs, um, you can find a lot of that, a lot of it uh, in the literature of crystal uh, literature. And I'm, I'm going to probably, I should do an episode about the use of crystal elixirs sometime down the road. And maybe I will. So, why don't we, at this point, um, play our Crystal Silence League segue music into our prayer? And this is right here. And tonight, of course, we're going to go into our, uh, our prayers. And I'm going to tell you that we get hundreds of these a week. And as we go into our our prayers, I'd like to invite you to pray with me and those of you who pray with crystal balls uh, may do so. And I don't read all these prayers. If I did, we'd have to be on there all night long, but just a few. So uh, we never use prayer, prayers by name, although I have your names and your pictures right here, but just by prayer ID number. So many people listen in to see if I want to pray for them each week. And this really is the luck of the draw. It's like, you know, like bingo. I just kind of reach in and grab one. So Here's what we're going to do. So why don't we um, start with uh, prayer ID number 58663, who prays, Dear friends, I need strong prayers so that any curses upon me will be broken now. My life is a complete mess. I need curses removed from me now. I need my life saved. Blessings. Amen. And we have prayer ID number 58661. Who says this is an emergency? Missed work from coughing and sickness, and now the refrigerator isn't working. So I need many calls coming in from the clients for references to work. I need a miracle money windfall. I can't ask for the re referrals or dishwasher or stove be repaired because I haven't paid rent for three months. I can start paying it now. Work has improved some. Thank you for your prayers, and I need help. I have nowhere to go. Please pray I get the money I ask for this Friday. Amen. And we have prayer ID number 58660, who says, I pray that I get a proposal for my boyfriend. I have been with him for nearly six years. Are you kidding? Six years and no proposal? I'm not sure why there are periods of silence, but we have had no arguments for uh, any fights in all these years. I'm ready to be married and for a second chance to be loved. I was divorced before, and I was very sad. I pray for happiness in my new relationship. I want to be his wife. Pray for that this year. I feel strongly that he may be scared. I pray they can get past that fear. Amen. I suggest a little bit of work on him to man him up. You should call a root worker. He needs to be manned up a little bit. Get those fears out of the way. You look like a very handsome couple from your picture, and I think that you could be very happy. This might be your year. Pray ID number 58659. I pray for God to forgive any sins I may have forgotten, I committed, and for any that I may not have known were sins. I pray to be married again. My divorce was finalized on February 14th, and I am finally ready to move on. I want my soul to be cleansed of any bad deeds I was around or may have done in the past. Amen. And we have prayer ID number 58655. Finding a new home more suitable, compatible that God has intended for me. At the same time, blessing someone else one day for my wonderful current home. Amen. I need to set this for more prayers. Let's get a few more prayers here. And let's get some. There we go. That's good. And we need. Well, let's see what i got here. All right. There's that fellow who wants some more curses removed. Um, prayer ID number 58650. My best friend, R.L., has come under attack, and my prayer is that he be made whole and well again. 
stomach pain, fever, and just a sense of well-being. No weapons forged against us shall prosper. Amen. I had that stomach pain fever last week. And, oh, it was terrible. Prayer ID number 58649. I pray that I may take control and resolve the issues I have with my husband. May his mind be mended to see that we can resolve our issues. May we mend and have a new beginning in our marriage. I want to keep my family together. Amen. Prayer ID number 58648. I need several miracles, and I know that's a lot to ask. But like always, I pray for you also. I need a miracle that the gig that I picked up for a dog site will come through, and also that I will get the job that I interviewed, which would be a great fit for me. Thank you, and may you also be blessed. I also need for my friend to reach out to me and accept me as a friend. I have a bad feeling about his current state. I just want our friendship to be healed over the stupid mistake. Amen. And this is a very tough one. Prayer ID number 58647. Make my father come forward and tell the truth about what he did to me as a child. Make my father come forward and tell everyone the truth that he sexually abused me as a child. Make him scream it from the rooftops so that everybody hears him and that I finally get the justice that I deserve. Help me to change the district attorney's mind and force the DA to prosecute my father to the fullest extent of the law. May justice be served. Amen. Prayer ID number 58646. Please protect my sister and her unborn child who is being abused and controlled by her boyfriend who is currently out on bail for domestic violence against her. Give her the strength to be able to leave him for good and ask karma to give him the justice he deserves by putting him in jail where he can't hurt anyone. Whatever pain or hurt he dishes out on someone else, I hope, rebounds back on him tenfold. May it be so. Amen. Prayer ID number 58645. I pray that the double skull breakup work I requested for this fellow. Oh, he requested from Deacon Millet. I pray that the double skull breakup work I requested from Deacon Millet will be a success. Deacon Millet's one of our best workers. That the guy will go back to his wife and kids and leave my partner be. That God will give me another chance. My partner of 18 years will come back to me for reconciliation. Amen. Deacon Millet's the man for the job, I'll tell you that. Prayer ID number 58642. Please lift my prayers to St. Jude to free this man of meth addiction so he and M can move forward. He needs to see how pointless the addiction is, is to give it up. Please help him and give her strength and passion she needs. Amen. Get rid of that stuff. We had meth dealers in our neighborhood. I hot-footed them out, and the sheriff came and arrested them, threw them out, and foreclosed on their house. Praise be. Amen. Got him out of there. Prayer ID number 58636. Dear God, please allow Johnny, oh, oh, please allow Jay to soften and open his heart to me again. Let him return to me like how he once was and reestablish our relationship and trust. Give me a sign that he doesn't want to leave, please. Amen. I get the spirit going in me sometimes, and I forget not to name names. Let's do one more. I tell you, there's a lot of relationship prayers up here today. Um, Prayer ID number 58627. This is a prayer of gratitude. Mother, Father, God in me, I give thanks for a wonderful, generous, and spirit-minded husband and father to myself and my children. Thankful that we harmonize well together. I affirm the immediate fulfillment in divine order, so mote it be. Amen. Wonderful. Let's take a moment of prayer and silence for all those in need of comfort and affirmation, assurance, courage, and prayer.
Amen. May justice be served. May peace be on this earth. I love that piece of music. I think one of my shows, I'm just going to play that piece of music from beginning to end. And uh, I'll tell you what, um, I may just play it beginning to end and lead a guided meditation for one full hour. I think that's what I'm going to do one of these days. And uh, we we sometimes forget, don't we, the power of prayer and the comfort we get from prayer. And um, I, I will tell you that uh, I pray with my clients, and there's a, a visible healing, and I can tell that many of my clients miss it. They miss the uh, one-on-one prayer that we used to get when we were young, where you could go after a service into the office of the deacon or the pastor, and he would hold your hands and pray for you. And I'm not sure you get a lot of that now, but by golly, you get it here. You get it here. We have been talking about this magnificent power and um, briefly, last time we were talking about, I'll give you a recap, we were talking about the idea of a force, a power that has been recognized by mankind since man could recognize his environment around him or her, and that we have tried to express this through every means of expression that we have, religion, science, art, scientists, expresses in the terms of natural law, scientific law. Men express this in terms of religious laws. Every religion in the world, our icons, our statues, our gods, goddesses, our religious systems, every one of them are attempts to express the inexpressible. This is, this is why the idea that one religion has a lock on the truth is just an absurdity. It's an absurdity. And this is what has created much unhappiness, is the idea that my superstitions are greater than your superstitions. These are all mythic models of the inexpressible creative force of the universe that is within us, without us, and everywhere. Creation itself. And I invited you to just take a breath and let it out and experience that power. That is the power, the life force. If you are alive, you are a manifestation of that power. And this is a wonderful thing. And this is a marvelous thing. And this is an uncanny thing. And this is the power that we're going to experience and the power that we're going to learn to use and that we're going to learn to manifest and that we're going to learn to understand because if what, no matter what we call this law, we can call this law of God, but we have to understand we've got to put aside the preconceived notions that we've been taught that God is a personality and think of God as law. And I'm not talking about a simple law, like law of gravity. You let go of something and something falls, although that too is part of the law. I'm, thinking, I'm telling you this is a very complicated law. This law is creation. This is the creative law. This is – and by creation – you know, you create a painting, you create a work of art, and that seems like a simple process, but is it? Is it really? Think about this. The idea that we ourselves can create a miniature universe is extraordinary. It's extraordinary, but here's what we know. Here's what we know. In the very beginning, we understand that if we look around the world, even the dullest among us sees that the world consists of matter. We understand that matter. And to the materialist, matter is the one, the one from which everything arises from. And in one sense, that can be true. And to the idealist, we say one, we say that it's the mind, that mind, you know, to science of mind, mind is everything that everything rises from. And to the scientist, energy is what everything arises from. It can be quantifiable uh, in terms of energy. We've got quantum physics. We have uh, atomic theory. Everything is energy. But all of this comes from one, an attempt of unification. Religion, we talk about the one, the creator. One. Everything arises from one. From a beginning, a one. Scientists themselves, the Big Bang, a singularity. The universe started as a singularity, one. Everything starts at one. 
And whether this one is something called mind, whether it's something that we call a personal God, whether it's something called matter, it starts with one. One, not nothing. Many, but one. So part of our law is that reality is one. And from that one, everything flows. We don't have to understand what it is. We don't have to put a name on it. If it comforts us to say God, say God. If it comforts us to say Allah, Zeus, Zoroaster, by all means do so. But understand that the law is not a personality. The law is a law. This creative force, we have to understand it as law if we're going to manifest it. If we think of it as a personality, we're going to start to fall into this reward and punishment. And we're going to start to start falling into this thing where we beseech the law, where we beg the law, where we uh, petition the law rather than harness the law. So the, the highest reason of man, we've got to be logical about this. We've got to use our reason, not our emotion. If we start using our emotion on this, we're going to start wishful thinking, right? But our reason tells us that all of nature, all of creation is just manifestation, right? Varying degrees of manifestation or emanation or expression of this creative law. I mean, no one can deny that. This is religion. All religion says this. All science says this. That's creation. Now, where confusion begins is when we start trying to quantify it, name it, and analyze it because we start putting our ideas on it because it's creative force. Creation is creation. And then we begin to try to grasp it and name it, and then, boom, all of a sudden confusion begins, and we start arguing and debating. So philosophy um, starts grasping this whole idea and starts breaking it down analytically, and and we talk a lot about philosophy, Um, but we're not. Because what we want to do is not even attempt to understand this, but how how do we get in on it? How do we turn on the faucet? So what we understand is this one, this oneness permeates everything. We understand this. You can call it what you want. Some people will talk about chi. Some will talk about the Tao. Permeates everything. Uh, Krishnamurti talked about the source in which everything arises. We talk about the quantum field, the morphogenic field, all sorts of things. But what we know is it's there. Now, um, now creeds and religions that talk about a personal God – uh, says God created the universe and which he has set aside like a workman would set aside something that he created, right? You know, like I create a box, not, you know, a beautiful box. I said, that's mine. And you understand this is the truth. If you read uh, works, like read the Old Testament, God says the universe is mine. I'll do what I want. I will destroy man. I will honor man. I will do what I want with man. And I mean, this is what it, this is God in the Old Testament, right? He destroyed man several times. He destroyed cities. He treated men the way he wanted to. This is God's universe. He does what he wants. When you engage in conversation with people, people say God's ways are mysterious. Um, you know, why does God allow this? Well, God's way we don't understand them. Uh, this is what happens if you have the idea of God of personality, right? But it doesn't matter because um, if if there is a creator, where does he get the material for his universe except from himself? Remember, there's one. And where does the energy come to do the creation except from himself? And where does the life come from except from himself? So in the end, no matter where you start, there's one, not two. Even if we try to say God and his universe, you cannot separate God from creation. You cannot. It doesn't make sense. God had to use himself for the material. God had to use himself for the energy. God had to use himself for the life. So even if you do want to make God a personality, you cannot separate God from creation. We have creation. This is what we have, creation. So you always go back to the one. There's not two. This whole idea that there's two, 
is what is confusing us. So we're struck by this fact that um, there is a an idea that somehow we are separate from creation, right? Do you dig me? That we are somehow separate from this creation, that this universe. So, um, and um, that um, we um, um, we have um, this idea that somehow or another we are not creation. It's that we are not creation, and that we have to appeal to creation when we ourselves are creation. There's one, not two. There's one. So there's this there's power. We have this wonderful power. And I want to give you some more talk on this. We we find ourselves placed on this earth somewhat random and we tend to accept the life we're given. And at birth, we're dealt, let's say we're dealt certain cards, and uh, to the best of our ability, we play those cards in this game called Life. And some people seem to hold a winning hand from birth, you know, don't they? They, they seem to hold all the, all the aces. And, uh, and um, if you don't have a winning hand, um, some people realize, well, maybe I can draw better cards. And, uh, um, but a lot of people don't. You know, a lot of people say I was dealt a bad hand at birth, and you know that's the hand I have to have play. And you know, a lot of people think that way. That these are the cards I were dealt. You know, I was just never d- d- given a good hand. And and if you think of life like a card game, um, you draw as soon as you enter the game, and you play accordingly. And smart card players know it's not the cards you're dealt; it's how you play them. And uh, uh, we're also under the opinion that. Whatever cards we're dealt, that's what we're stuck with, right? But, but that's not the case. That's not the case. And some of the cards we're dealt is genetic, right? Hereditary. Um, that's one of the cards we're dealt is hereditary. And circumstances is another card we're dealt. You know, we might be under circumstances. Uh, bad education. Maybe we're not educated. We didn't have a chance to go to college. Maybe that. Um, well, I'm going to tell you that you didn't miss a lot college I have three college degrees and I don't use any of them to make my living now I, I've learned a lot I know a lot of facts and stuff but I've you know what uh, my son and my brother own a video production company and my son never went to college I got him started uh, he was doing videos for me and he told me anything he needs to learn he can find it on YouTube so knowledge is every man and woman's privilege and with the advent of the internet my son and I rejoiced. We said, no, nobody will have to be stupid. All the knowledge is there. Well, that was a big disappointment because people do remain where they choose to remain. And if people choose to be stupid, they're going to be stupid and post stupid stuff on the Internet and say stupid things in life. These are people who have decided these are the cards I'm dealt and I'm going to play them. So if you're the type of person who says, well, everyone else has all the luck, everyone else has the lucky cards, and that's where you're going to stay. But this is not how the law operates. Um, I want to tell you that the, the creative law, the God law that we're talking about, does not prefer one person over another. It doesn't prefer kings over peasants. This is not how it works. This mighty, uncanny law um, can be called upon by the humblest person with not a bit of education as well as a king. And the only thing that is keeping any of you, any of us, from having health, wealth, happiness is not understanding the law, this uncanny law. And it's not the fault of the law. It's not that God doesn't like you. It's not that God doesn't love you. It's not that you're cursed. It's you. And it's me. And I'm not saying this like condemning you uh, <clears throat> because I didn't understand this until I began studying it myself and until some very smart people took me under their wing and trained me. 
and you know, smacked me in the head with it and said, you know, you got to quit thinking of yourself as being some kind of victim of circumstances. You are the result of your decisions, John. You are where you are because of decisions you made, and it's going to be decisions you make to get you out of it. And then it dawned on me that they were absolutely right, that nobody did anything to me except myself, and you will know how to do this before I'm done with you. You will know how to do this yourself. Before I am finished with you, you will understand how to do this, and you will do it for yourself. So I understand that many of you have religious persuasions that are important to you, and I'm not going to tread on your religious toes. Now, I may do that inadvertently, um, but when I talk to you about the law, it will not go against your religious background. You can still revere your church and your god or your goddess. Uh, what I want to teach you is not going to get you roasted on a spit in hell, and I'm, it's not going to get you uh, condemned to a lifetime of being reincarnated as cockroaches. All I'm going to teach you is how to grasp and understand the technology of the law. Now, have you heard – now, let's just, let's just stop a minute. Is it possible to be extraordinary? Is it possible to rise above human conditions? Well, do this. I'd like you to go sometime. If you're not a weightlifter, and uh, go try to pick up a 100-pound barbell. Don't hurt yourself. Just go try to pick up a 100-pound barbell. Unless you have had a history of athleticism, my money is that you're not going to be able to do that. This is my money. That you're not going to be able to do this, and yet, and yet, may I tell you some stuff? May I tell you some stuff? And um, well, yes, we do. Um, you know, it is possible, by the way, to call in on the show. We do have a guest call-in number, which is six five seven three eight three zero five two five. If you would like to uh, call and chat with the host, you may. And uh, I would love to talk to some of you would like to. You can tell me some of your uh, questions, and I'd be glad to answer them. But let me tell you some stories. Let me tell you some stories. Uh, have you ever heard these stories where a mother finds that their child is trapped under a car, and you know a 98-pound woman lifts up a car to free their child? Now, these are stories I've heard since I was a little kid. And I thought, well, are these anecdotal tales? Are these anecdotal? Are these anecdotal tales? Well, no, they're not. I went out looking for documentation. Fact. In 1982, in Lawrenceville, Georgia, a man named Tony Cavallo was repairing a 64 Chevrolet Impala from underneath. The jacks let go, and it fell on him. Cavallo's mother lifted the car high enough and long enough for two neighbors to replace the jacks and pull Tony from beneath the car. In 2006, in Quebec, Lydia Angelou saved several children by fighting a polar bear until a local hunter shot it. Again in 2006, in Arizona, a man named Tom Boyle watched as a Chevrolet Camaro hit an 18-year-old boy named Kyle Holt Trust. The car pinned Holtrust underneath. Boyle lifted the Camaro off the teenager while the driver of the car pulled the teen to safety. In 2009 in Kansas, a 185-pound man named Nick Harris lifted a Mercury sedan to help a six-year-old girl pinned beneath. In 2011 in Florida, a University of South Florida college football player lifted a 1,600-kilogram car off a man who had been caught underneath. In 2012, in Virginia, a 22-year-old Lauren Karnacki rescued her father after the jack used to prop up his BMW slip, pinning him under it. Lauren lifted the car, then performed CPR on his father and saved his life. Can you lift a 100-pound barbell? In 2013, in Oregon, teenage sisters Hannah, age 16, and Haley, age 14, lifted a tractor to save their father pinned underneath. 
in 2015 in Newfoundland. Nick Williams lifted a four-wheel drive vehicle to save a young boy pinned beneath its tire. In 2015 in Virginia, Charlotte Heffelmeyer was able to momentarily use incredible strength to free her dad from a GMC pickup truck. Now, some folks, yeah, polar bear. <laughs> now, some folks in the scientific bit say, well, you know, adrenaline, it's adrenaline. Well, you know, I've, I've had adrenaline rushes too, but man, picking up a truck, a two-ton truck, you know, I I tore some uh, ligaments. Um, I'm a weightlifter. You know, I, I work out with weights. I tore uh, rotator cuff muscles, um, picking up more weight than I should have. Uh, I was trying to accelerate my weightlifting program. I tore ligaments under ordinary circumstances that you're talking about picking up a car. A pickup truck can weigh as much as two tons. You're talking about extraordinary power, extraordinary power channeled when it's needed. And they did it because they were not thinking about picking up a truck. They were thinking about rescuing someone that meant something to, they called upon the power that we're talking, the uncanny power. Uncanny power. And this is the same power that we're talking about. And let's pause a moment for station identification. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rework Hour with Catherine Irwin and Conjurman Ali, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Candelo's Corner with Candelo Camisa and Michael Carell, Mondays 5 to 7, the Crystal Silos League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7, Bitter Foxy with Madame Naya and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays 6 to 7, The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursday 6 to 7.30, The Witch, The Priestess, and The Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Friday 6 to 7, and Liquid Libations with Andrea Western, Saturdays 5 to 7. All time specific. Add three hours for Eastern. Sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curie Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And our friend, uh, uh, <laughs> our friend Troll Tower had channeled the power when we did that ad. <laughs> That's the fastest. <laughs> That's the fastest announcement in the West. He channeled the uncanny power. Uh, so uh, th- these are these are explanations I, I find specious. It's like the explanation of the firewalk that um, um, many people have done. Uh, I can tell you a story about the firewalk, by the way. They say, well, you know, it's a trick that the, the embers are not hot enough to burn people. Uh, the Polynesian firewalk, uh, it is hot enough. Uh, there was a, a staging of the Polynesian firewalk, the actual firewalk, not the carny trick, you know, where there's just uh, embers with ash over it, but the one where they dig a pit and let it burn uh, for days until it, it's like a forge, because NBC tried to film one in the 60s, and the, the lenses of the camera melted. And uh, somebody threw a, a, a ham on it. It was instantly incinerated. This, this is well documented. They had to move the cameras way back, and then the uh, the Ponape natives walked across it. One one guy stopped in the middle. It wasn't one of these where they run across it. He stopped in the middle, bent down, took an ember, crunched it between his teeth. I mean, he stopped right in the middle of it and walked across. And then these knotheads, you know, you know, it's all a trick. It's you walk across it and the heat doesn't get you and um, and all this stuff because they have to have a material explanation. This is a manifestation of that creative power. The uh, uh, the yogins. Uh, are well familiar with it, and we're all familiar. We had an exercise last time where I asked you just as you get up in the morning, you you just breathe, and you acknowledge, you simply acknowledge the power. You, I believe in the power of the living God. And again, you set aside the idea of God as personality, because if you start thinking of God as personality, you're going to avatar. You're going to create an avatar of God as a personality in some evangelical individual. You're going to put power in the hands of a human being, such as, well, I'm not going to name names, but you know who I'm talking about. You will put power in the hands of a human being, and when you put power in the hands of a human being, you're putting power in manifestation of the creative law. 
not in the law itself. And that's not what you want. Now, these crude illustrations of people lifting cars off of people, this is a crude illustration. When I, but this illustrates that that great uncanny power is in existence here and now, and it's powerful enough to put you wherever you want to be with health, prosperity, and everything, and will do so in the very moment. Mr. Conlon taught us this, uh, William Walker Atkinson taught us this, and messiahs and teachers all through history have taught us this. In the very moment that you're earnest enough to comply with the easy conditions governing that law, and when you do it for the first time, when you've manifested a true miracle of change, a creative change in your life, something will awaken in you and you'll be changed forever. For most people, this takes a real wake-up call. It takes a near-death experience or it takes something like picking up the, the end of a car or something utterly... Uh, by the way, none of these people were injured after... You know, they didn't have ripped, ripped tendons or sore muscles. They, you know, some of them were a little sore afterward, but they did not have broken bones. They did not have torn tendons. They were a little sore, like you and I would be if we went to the gym and worked out. You understand that this is not possible mechanically. The the machine of the body could not do this. This is this put a steel girder under a two ton truck and see and measure put an aluminum girder. But so you sitting around this table, which you call life, playing your cards the best you know how, I say to you that you can cheat. <laughs> you can deal off the bottom of the deck. You can change your hand. Uh, you know, you're like magicians here. You got aces up your sleeve, and I, you know, I, I, I will awaken you before this is over. I will awaken you to these vast possibilities as soon as you want to be awakened. So these lessons that we're doing each week, I want you. I want you to be earnest about it. I want you to be be earnest about it, and I want you to mean business. Because I want to change your life. This is my my goal in this. I want I want to change your life, and uh, I promise you that if you do these things and you listen to these things, your eyes will be opened, and you will be very very happy. Now you may have heard about this stuff, the power within, and this power within, the power within you, and don't don't make this mistake. I'm not going to ask you to look within for help. I'm not going to ask you to look within yourself for help. There's no power within you. That's going to help you climb anywhere. There's no power within you. That's going to. This is where Joel Osteen and these other guys, motivational guys, say you have a power within the God within you, the power within you. Now, many thousands and thousands of people have thought this, but on trying to find it, they find it conspicuous by its absence. They can't find it. Now, the theory is good. It's a beautiful one that we have a God within us, that we have power within us, but who has ever found it? it? It doesn't work. The power does not lie within us. It lies all around us. It's 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 not the great white north. <laughs> you know, it, it lies all around us. And as we travel this uh, journey around it, you'll see it. You'll see it. It's not within us. It's It's without. And you'll notice this. This is the God law, and it does operate for our benefit. And when we learn this great power, um, where do you want to be? What do you want to do with it? I want to tell you prosperity is the simplest and easiest and crudest manifestation of it. You want prosperity? That's easy. You want to attract love in your life? You want people to like you and love you? That's easy. These are easy manifestations of it. Um, you want to be healthier? You want to change your eating habits? You want to change habits in your life? These are easy, easy crude manifestations of it. You can do a lot more with it than that. So um, make up your mind what you want to do. You know, people tell me they, they, they want to learn to do these things, to project, to attract, to manifest this power, but what do you want to do with it? And you can start small. What do you want to do with it? And um, But now don't understand, understand this. Uh, the power, the creative power, the law doesn't help you. So don't think that you can sit on your couch and ask the law for help and say, you know, almighty God law, almighty God, help me. And then be passive, and help will just happen. 
because that's not how it works. And uh, uh, so, uh, so uh, this is not the way this works. And I want to tell you that if it's worked this way, if you could, if you could ask God, God law, for help and it worked, you you can ask for strength and endurance and you'll get a trickle of strength and endurance but if 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 god god law the creative force answered these prayers all of our grandmas would be alive we'd all have money in our pocket um we could pray the world we could pray a paradise on this world that's not how it works so and i'm sorry if i'm stepping on your religious toes but prove me wrong prove me wrong and the thing is there's just enough anecdotal story, you know, somebody said, Well my dad was dying, we prayed and he didn't die. Okay, well, okay. <laughs> you know, but prove me wrong. Prove to me that you can ask that you can pray to something like that and get results. Now, you know, people will tell me stories you know, they'll say, Well, you know, Jesus did this and Jesus raised the dead, Jesus walked on water. Yes, Jesus raised the dead once, he walked on water once, but I want documentation. I gave you documentation of people who are using this power. I can give you documentation out of my own files of people who use this power to create prosperity, bring love in their life, increase their health. I can give you documents that are not from books that were written hundreds or thousands of years ago. This is what I can give you. Not not a guy standing in a pulpit waving a book and saying, well, God will do this, God will do that, etc. I respect that. I respect that story and I respect that religion, but I want to give you stuff that you can do now and prove it to yourself. Now you want to get ahead, now, but you got to understand the law, and this is where attraction comes in. You got to understand the law. Now, just like you got to understand the law of magnetism, you can take a magnet and you can attract iron, but no amount of magnetism is going to attract a pile of sawdust or a pile of salt. Correct. So the laws of success and the laws of prosperity must be understood. The laws of attraction of love and friendship must be understood. You must understand the desire. So you got to come to the law and recognize its presence first, acknowledge it, and then you have to really want that law to go to work for you and help you. Uh, so, and I'm going to tell you that very few people are motivated to change or to get ahead. People say they do, but they're not really, really motivated. And you got to have a fire within you. you got to have a fire going. And here's the thing. Understand this. Thoughts are an actual thing. Thoughts, ha thoughts have, can be measured. Thoughts can be weighed. Did you know that? Thoughts can be measured. Thoughts can be weighed. And thoughts are real things. As solid as the table in front of you. They're more than things. Understand this? Thoughts are part of the law. Thoughts are part of the law. And thoughts are part of this uncanny power that created this universe at the moment of the beginning of time, and which sustains it every moment. And more than that, it sustains you. Thoughts are what created this universe, and thoughts are what sustain you. Now, if this doesn't blow your mind right now, if this doesn't blow your mind right now, and so this is what has to happen, and you understand that some thoughts have great strength and some thoughts have a little bit of strength, and what we have to learn is to get our thoughts going in a great, powerful manifestation and align it with corresponding thoughts. Now, now we have to find, and we're going to learn this as we go along, this is a, a series of step-by-step -step instruction. This is a series. i got a method to my madness. It's going to be about 30 of these, by the way. And I'm going to put these in book form. There's going to be a series of chapters that I'll make available on my website for download, and then I'll put them in a book. It'll be a book form, one-by-one uh, one, um that we'll talk about. Um, so there is, uh, I'll teach you how to realize that there is a thinking something in the whole universe around you, a, a thinking awareness in the universe around you. 
And this is the thing that men of spiritual attainment have sensed and have given various names. God, um, Zoroaster, um, Ra, uh, Allah, something that we sense there and that we appeal to because we think, okay, it's thinking, so it must be a person. But it's aware that there's awareness, and as we begin to realize the power of thought, a very strange thing happens. This is what I think about the uncanny power. We begin to realize our thoughts have power. We begin to exercise an awareness and a censorship even over the thoughts we think. We, we don't just start thinking, let our minds run around like monkeys in a zoo. We start thinking, oh, I need to channel my thoughts. And as you begin to exercise control over your thoughts, what you find is that you will um, 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 uh, you will find that your thoughts become more intense. They don't scatter all over the place. It's like a, a stream of water coming down the mountains that's scattered everywhere. And then beavers or something build dams and the water becomes more and more focused and the power of that stream becomes more and more powerful the narrower that stream becomes until it's a narrow stream of mighty force that can come down and wash away. So as we begin to channel and focus and discipline our thoughts and quit throwing it and wasting it away on frivolous things and become more focused and disciplined in our intent, more power much more power. And I promise you that if you'll just do these few things, uh, you will, you'll become so much more things. And so, uh, what I'd like you to do is, uh, do a very, very simple exercise. And that is focus on a spot on the wall and create a white spot. Just keep, Every muscle at rest, focus on the wall and focus on a white spot on the wall and think to yourself, I am finding the power of the living God. Last week, I believe in the power of the living God. This week, repeat, I am finding the power of the living God and direct your every word and thought into that sentence and repeat it as many times as necessary until you have it in. It could be 10 times, it could be 20 times. But focus on the spot on the wall. Create a white spot on that wall. Keep your eyes on it. And I am finding the power of the living God. And repeat that extremely, um, um, extremely uh, focused on that until you drill it into your mind. And I'll see you next week. And we will certainly have more discussion about this next week.